Don't Miss a Beat is a podcast series brought to you by the law firm of Saul Ewing, Arnstein & Lear that covers views from diverse constituencies within the food, beverage, and agribusiness, also known as FBA, sector. Hosted by Jonathan Havens and Kermit Nash, co-chairs of the firm's FBA group, episode guests offer various perspectives on a variety of legal, policy, and industry developments, day-to-day FBA issues, best practices, and the road ahead. Thank you for joining us uh, for our Food, Beverage, and Agribusiness podcast series, Don't Miss a Beat. My name is Jonathan Havens, and I'm the co-chair of Saul Ewing, Arnstein & Lear's Food, Beverage, and Agribusiness practice, as well as the firm's cannabis law practice. And I'm based in our Baltimore and Washington, D.C. offices. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ken Vandervreed. Ken is the CEO of Hillview. Hillview is a New Jersey-based cannabis company with assets across the medical cannabis, hemp and technology segments of the space. One of Hillview's brands, Kalo, is a fast growing hemp infused seltzer product. Ken, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. You know, ever since we first started working together uh, several months ago, I thought you'd be an ideal guest for the podcast. Not only is Kalo up to exciting things that I know our audience would love to hear more about, but you and your family's background is, is pretty interesting. Can you tell us about your family's history and how that eventually led you to the cannabis space? Yes, Jonathan, thanks for uh, having me on uh, um, your show today. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Our family's background, we come from uh, commercial agriculture, where uh, I'm third generation. My family has been growing commercial ag, basically uh, vegetable plants, bedding plants, um, mums, orchids, of the like. And our distribution channel is Walmart, Home Depot, supermarkets. So we've been in that space for over 50 years. About 2010, as the medical cannabis and cannabis licenses were happening across the country, we moved into that space on the West Coast and really got to understand the cannabis plant uh, from the cultivation and dispensing and the manufacturing side, really get to understand what the different form factors that uh, consumers were interested in and we really learned a lot over that time. Um, fast forward to where we are today is, uh, you know, President Trump signed a farm bill, which allowed hemp products to be brought into market. So we've done a lot of R&D on the extraction of, you know, how, how do you pull the different extraction out of the hemp plant and cannabis? And uh, we've done a lot of R&D and we have a patented process that we pull the water-soluble molecules out of the hemp plant. So when we looked around the space of all these different form factors, there was really no beverage out there that was, um, you know, that tasted great, or really there was no beverages out there. So we set out a path to launch a beverage. Like I said, we come from the agriculture side. So growing live plants and shipping that into um, distribution. So we've never moved into a beverage. So this was new to us. Um, We've learned a lot we surrounded ourselves with a lot of beverage experience and we went down that path and our extraction is very unique where um, flavored with natural ingredients. When you drink it, it tastes very, very, very good. So um, right place, right time, um, understanding the hemp plant. And, and that's kind of how we got into it. So it was an evolution of kind of agriculture with this new hemp cannabis space happening over the last decade. And we, we made a move into it. So yeah, it's been very interesting. It's been fun. It's been challenging. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's great. That's terrific. Yeah. So, so you started to tee up some of the thesis, you know, the thesis behind Kalo. Can you talk to us, you know, 
you discussed the thinking behind the product, but why do you think the market has responded so well to it? I mean, I think consumers are still finding their way through this category. There's a lot of noise, um, but why do you think consumers have responded so well to the product and why has it taken such a foothold? Yeah, so um, that's a very interesting question, um, but I really think it, it starts you know, from the manufacturing side of cannabis or hemp and the market technologies that are out there um, are, you know, from the beginning of when cannabis was extracted, you have butane, you have propane, you have ethyl alcohol, you have uh, CO2, or you have all these different solvent mechanism and technologies to extract the oil out of cannabis or hemp. Our extraction technology is um, an all-natural reagent that binds to the cannabinoids and all the extract that pulls out all the good stuff out of the plant. So when you look at these two different technologies, that's one is an oil that comes out of the, the hemp or cannabis plant, and ours is a water soluble. So we're getting the same thing, one in a water soluble molecule and one in an oil molecule. But when you take an oil molecule and try to mix that with beverage, water and oil do not mix. So you always have this flavor profile or this um, oily taste, no matter how you mask it, no matter what kind of flavor, when you take oil and put it in a beverage, it, it just doesn't, you have a hard time flavoring that where you don't have that oily aftertaste compared to our product, which when we flavor with a natural flavor and when we, um, when we put it in a can, when you taste our product, you do not get that oily aftertaste. And what you're getting is you're getting a very bioavailable vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, um, cannabinoids, and terpenes that are flowing through your stomach lining compared to an oil that's going through your liver. So the big fundamentals why our success is really um, is the taste profile, right? So people drink beverages because they like them. And our profile is very clean ingredients. Um, the uptake is very quick and, and you feel good drinking our product and, and it's a very healthy beverage. So it's, it's in that healthy beverage space where it's good for you, right? 15 calories, two grams of sugar, and, um, and, and, and there's a feeling from it. So that's really the big differential between our product and, and everything else that's in the market today. Yeah, I think something you hit on in your response is this is a hot category and there's certainly no shortage of brands out there, but you know, some will go to market and try to leverage the hotness of the category, but will forget about you know, why consumers enjoy products in the first place, right? Consumers won't just consume something that's, that's terrible unless there's something that's there for them, right? It needs to taste good. It needs to have some sort of a health or wellness effect. Um, and so I think what's interesting about the approach that you all have taken is Yes, we recognize that this is a popular category, but it's not enough to just put a product out there and shove it down consumers' throats, for lack of a better phrase. And so I think that that flavor profile, which I can attest to, I've, I've tried the various flavors of the products, um, it's very different, right? It does not have that filmy or kind of oily aftertaste. And so that's something that I think has been a, a real differentiator. Um, so, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. We talked to, to your VP of sales, Aaron Harris, about this. Aaron is very famous for his phrase, regulatory purgatory, right? The, you referenced the farm bill that got passed and signed into law at the end of 2018, which allowed hemp-derived uh, products to be sold legally, right? It's no longer considered marijuana. 
But then of course you have FDA coming along and saying, well, that's all well and good. But if you put CBD into an ingestible format, we view that as violative of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Can you talk a bit about the brand's approach and how you stay compliant and you know, what you've done to educate regulators in the market around the regulatory treatment of your product? Yes, this is a very interesting question. Um, yeah, being in the cannabis space for about 10 years, you really get to understand um, not only on a THC side by state regulatory framework as you launch medical or adult use in those particular states, but when President Trump signed a farm bill, this allowed hemp products to, and CBD products, or really hemp products to be sold in the country. But you have just total unclarity um, from the FDA level and state level of where and when and how you can um, put these products into market. So our approach has always been, you know, a couple points where I drive home to the team all the time is number one, we wanted a, a very good tasting product. We wanted a clean product and we wanted a good for you product. But then when you started looking at the regulatory framework, there is, you know, there's this sense of driving toward where this consumer wants to hear, right? You got all the noise around CBD, but we took the approach of that we're going to be a hemp infused seltzer and we're not going to make any medical claims. We're going to stay really a plant-based beverage and not get into the nuances of CBD because CBD is, you know, was, was approved by GW Pharma as a drug. So we took the road of where we're going to be a hemp infused seltzer. We're not going to make any medical claims and where it's going to be a plant-based beverage. And as states put out their regulatory framework on their labels and or as the federal government, hopefully will sooner or later, we will just continue evolving our label to adhere to either what the states that we're doing, our products is being distributed, or, you know, if the federal government and FDA comes out with a clarity of, hey, you need to do this, this, and this on your label, we can adopt very quickly. So our mindset is less is more. And as regulatory states come on, or when there is states that say you need this on your label, we add things to the label, but we want to be very clear that we um, put less on our label than more. Um, and we let the taste profile of the product do most of the selling for us because it's, it's cans in hands and that's sampling um, that happened. But this is something me and you talk about all the time. It's the regulatory framework is always evolving and we be very nimble. Our marketing team is very nimble and we're always making sure that if we got to add or delete things on our label, we constantly do that. And that's where we need to be. I mean, yes, it's a frustrating place, but it comes with education. We're constantly educating our distribution channels, our marketing team. So yeah, it's been frustrating uh, because it's not like uh, we're launching a juice or an iced tea or just a water in the market. Um, we got regulatory label issues that we're dealing with. So this is something that our team spends a ton of time on. Um, I wish we didn't. We had, we had clarity, but we don't. And we just got to kind of just, um, you know, stay on top of what's going on. And you do a great job of helping us, you know, make sure we're doing this and this in different states. So that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And hey, if there weren't all these regulatory issues and, you know, maybe we wouldn't have ever gotten a chance to work together. So I'm sure you're thankful for that. Um, so, you know, kind of the last thing I wanted to hit on is you talked about the regulatory treatment and the evolution and the labeling changes. I know that Kalo is, is entering into the, the marijuana side of the market, the THC side of the market in, in limited states where that's available. You know, it strikes me that in these states, 
it's almost easier to be a marijuana infused beverage, a THC infused beverage, than it is to be a CBD infused beverage because if it's legal under state law, you know, it's here's the state lays out what you can do, what you can't do, where you can sell, where you can't sell. It's pretty clear. There are compliance challenges to be sure, but kind of talk a little bit about the next evolution of Kalo and the thinking there behind THC infused beverages. Um, yeah, so uh, taking a, a step back is our technology is, is across um, hemp and cannabis. So we, we launched Kalo as a hemp infused seltzer um, to be a national brand as distribution allows, and that's what we're building. So um, yes, the frustration of each individual state having their own label requirements across the country is quite challenging. Um, and to your point, we are moving into launching Kalo THC or Kalo cannabis infused with five milligrams of THC, you know, on the East Coast in uh, certain states. And we plan to launch in adult use states across the country as well. But the regulatory framework for Kalo THC is simple. You follow the regulatory framework that all the products in that market have launched and you're only dealing with that state and that regulatory framework of that state. So even though it's a state by state launch, it's the regulatory framework is very clear because they lay out how you launch that product. Um, but then you have operational issues because you have to now set up shop in each state um, to produce Kalo THC. So both have their pros and cons, but yeah, from a regulatory standpoint, Kalo THC is, is a lot clearer for our team how to put that product in market to meet the regulator. So um, it's been fun. It's been challenging. Um, they both have their pros and cons, but we're excited to launch THC. I think that's going to be a huge growth for us on moving into, you know, end of Q uh, this year and also 2022. So it's exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I think stepping back for a moment, it strikes me that the patchwork of requirements in the CBD space is really harmful to the industry, um, but not only you know to producers, but also to farmers. Right? There's no outlet. There's not as big of an outlet for for hemp because of all these restrictions and what you can do and the different form factor restrictions. And so, you know, there's really quite a need for FDA to issue uh, clear policy of what what can be done. Obviously, they've said just don't do it, and we know what the market has done with that, which is we're going to continue to sell products unless you're going to enforce the rules this is on the CBD side. But a national uniform policy would really benefit um, the industry, which I know is something that you know you and I have talked about before, rather than having 50 different state regimes, which is the way that it is now. So again, it's somewhat comical that it's easier to produce a THC-infused beverage than it is a, a hemp-infused or CBD-infused beverage. But you know, hopefully... Uh, Congress will force FDA or FDA will come to its own conclusions. However, it needs to happen. Just let it happen, um, I think, is, is the approach that you and I have talked about before. So, uh, Ken, I told you when we started this, the time was going to go very quickly. We are just about to, to wrap up here, but really wanted to thank you for, for coming and telling your story, um, sharing with our audience your interesting background, your family's interesting background, and some of the exciting things that, that Kayla was up to now and, and uh, in, the, in the months ahead. So thanks so much for joining us. And uh, to our audience, we hope you join us on the next episode. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan, for having me. 
for listening to this episode of Don't Miss a Beat, brought to you by the law firm of Saul Ewing, Arnstein & Lear. Please be sure to subscribe to hear more podcast episodes related to developments in the food, beverage, and agriculture industry.